This is episode 26 of the Bi Urban Yogi featuring Dave Wheel. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a Kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free flowing conversation exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. This episode of the Bi Urban Yogi is sponsored by Domacha Matcha. This is an amazing matcha product. It's cultivated, harvested, and processed very carefully every step of the way, keeping the matcha fresh and rich in flavor and nutrients. For those of you who don't know what matcha is, it's basically the ground up green tea leaf. So if you like green tea, you are going to love matcha. If you like coffee, you're probably going to love matcha even more. It's basically like coffee in the sense that it's got a little caffeine, but it's also got something called L-theanine, which is a compound that in the tea leaf that helps to calm the mind and bring the mind into a place of meditative awareness. It is fresh and full of nutrients, it's smooth and it's got a sweet flavor. It's nutrient protected, meaning the maximum protection of the nutrients is guaranteed with the dough matcha. Not just any matcha, you gotta make sure you get dough matcha. You can get it from almost any grocery store uh, that I've seen, uh, such as Whole Foods or Urban Fair. Dave Wheel is the founder of Grounded CBD, a Vancouver-based performance nutrition company. He spent his 20s skiing and biking in the mountains of Whistler, BC, filming, competing, and coaching some of the best up-and-coming athletes in the free ski world. In 2012, after breaking his neck mountain biking, Dave was forced to make a big change in his life's direction. He then chose to focus more on business and also opened up his mind to the world of self-development cannabis, meditation, and spirituality. After studying NLP, neurolinguistic programming, coaching, personal training, and Reiki, Dave decided to create Grounded CBD in early 2016. Now, a little over two years later, he's built it up and partnered with Zenibus, one of the largest licensed producers of cannabis in Canada. Dave still runs the company and is focusing on product development, building the brand, and educating people about CBD and how to live happier, healthy lives. Please enjoy my interview with Mr. Dave Wheel. So tell me about David Wheel. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? I am from Ontario originally. Okay. Uh, I grew up about two hours north of Toronto, near Blue Mountain. Uh, oh, and that's not near Burlington, eh? Mm, I have tons of friends in Burlington. Not overly, no. Like I'm kind of on up. Georgian Bay, yeah, like okay. near Collingwood, Owen Sound, that's that yeah, area. So. And uh, I grew up um, skiing, uh, at literally as long as I've been walking, I've been skiing. Really? My parents were both ski instructors, so oh, I started fine. skiing when I was like two years old, um, literally wow. with like little plastic skis that strapped on my so feet. That's so cute. Thank you. Uh, so cute. And I used to ski too up in Cyprus. So. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, nice skill to have. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Enjoy the winter. Great way to spend the winter and the weekends. And mm-hmm. and Blue Mountain had night skiing too, so I went like after school most days. Oh, sweet man! Um, it was awesome. Yeah, and Do you have siblings. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a, a little brother. He's ten nice. years younger than me. Cool. Um, Is he into making nice bars? <laughs> he actually helped me at really? the beginning. Yeah, he. 
Right now we're having the green, the green Rush Energy Bar, and it's got CBD in it, which is a compound found in cannabis, mm-hmm. and it's got moringa. I love moringa. Totally. And yeah. matcha and mint and Holy shit. lots of M's. So he helped yeah. you with this company. Uh, he, he worked for me. Um, so I had like, developed it already, and then um, he came out and kind of worked alongside me for a little while. Nice. He, was, uh, he did a year out here, and we lived together for a little while, and then Sweet. he was doing random construction something and then nice. I was like I need to hire someone to help me make these because it's starting to get big and yeah um, I see them everywhere I see the grind bars like at all the body energy clubs and in urban uh, fair like it's all over the place I, you did see them in body I energy club them. before um, not anymore sadly no. they uh, they got pulled from their shelves probably like a few months ago now that's um, frustrating because that's the same with Domacha which is a company that I'm an ambassador for like they were selling it at body energy and then they're I guess the body energy was like, oh, no, it's too expensive. We're getting cheaper matcha. Was it something similar with the grind bars? No, it was CBD. So oh, the they, CBD issue. Yeah. It's, uh, so they were kind of open to it at the beginning. And then they, it was actually their payment processing. Uh, mm-hmm. I told them they had to pull anything off the shelves with CBD or ephedrine because apparently they had some stuff with that as well. So Because of the edible, illegal, uh, Yeah, issue? like just it was that was still when it was quite gray um now it's not gray anymore it's very black and white it's yeah. uh, so we've actually completely shut down the company right now um yeah. so but i also like at the same time like just before you know legalization was last week which is yeah. super exciting That's so uh, and then two days before that was actually i confirmed partnering with one of the larger uh was Zenibus, which is one of the larger Zenibus. um licensed producers in canada yeah yeah and uh it all came together like super quickly, but uh, obviously, like because I'm partnering with a fully legal company, I can't be doing illegal business anymore. Sure. <laughs> and sadly, even though cannabis is legal now, um, edibles are not yet. So, like the first wave of legalization was yeah. just dried flour and low concentration oils, oh, okay, um, or oil gel caps, um, yeah. but nothing else yet. So, edibles, mm. concentrates, vaping, all those. Are they types thinking of things. about it? Do you oh think yeah, it's it's going to come. It's like edibles it's will just, come uh, soon. Totally, they've okay. they've said that. Is this a ed- marijuana? That's not a marijuana plant. No, that is a, <laughs> uh, that is a money tree. Actually, that's a money tree. Um, that's a good thing. Funnily enough, um, nice. but uh. The which the cannabis plant has too. <laughs> the everywhere now. <laughs> um, but uh, it, they've said that at the longest, it will be those regulations will be created within one year from Sweet. legalization. So, That's and cool. I've heard rumors from the inside that it'll probably be a lot quicker than that. That uh, mm. you know things will things will move along swiftly Good to hear. because like you know there's they're selling out of everything already and it's like yeah. you know it, it also makes it's a weird place because how do you have the plant be illegal? And people can walk in and buy weed and smoke it, but they can't, you know, are you going to arrest someone for making an edible company? And, like, like there's a lot of people out there that don't want to smoke. They don't want to, like, yeah. have to, like, buy flour and bust it up and roll the joint and mm. smoke weed, you know? Like, they want a 10 milligram this mm. or a 30 mm. milligram that and yeah. just THC or just CBD. And, you know, there's a lot of people, especially on the CBD side, that don't want to get high at all. They just mm-hmm. have pain in their joints or they have epilepsy or they have, mm. you know, anxiety and they don't, they just want to have some support with that. And mm-hmm. Tell sad. me about the anxiety because you said, like, I, I've had anxiety. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in, like, high school, university. And um, I found that really a lot of it was actually environmental. Like, I didn't accept myself. And so I was attracting a lot of people to sort of reify that lack that. of self-acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, what what does CBD do, and in your case, how did it help you with anxiety? Um, so, for me personally, like I I'd, I'd smoked weed 
um, since I was fairly young. Like I started in high school and here and there, but not a well, lot. Well, your brain seems fine. You seem very smart yeah, still. Yeah, pretty doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> you were a like, lot oh, of smart you can't have it before you're 25. Um, you seem pretty good. The, uh, <laughs> totally. The, uh, I, but casually and, you know, I hit it and it brought on more anxiety because right, like it's, it, yeah. well, cause you're hiding it and you're hiding it from your parents, from school. Like it's not an accepted thing. It's illegal, right. all of the stuff that goes along with it, right? Um, and it can, like, high, THC can also bring on paranoia and bring on, mm-hmm. like, f- like feeling anxious and things like that, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't till, well, I, a couple things. Like, one, um, that was, like, more just smoking weed as, like, you know, dumb teenager kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, with whatever, uh, just to kind of be a rebel or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I was... Uh, 26, I believe, and um, I I actually broke my neck mountain biking, oh, and that was the first time that I got introduced to cannabis as medicine, right. because just after I got into the hospital, I had a good friend who was in the industry, just he gifted me a huge bag of weed oh. um, that was like not super high quality, but it's like, uh-huh. he's like, well, it's just shake, but you can use it for baking or, you know, make oil out of it mm. or whatever, so I got some help and can, like infused it into like one of those big Costco size coconut Whoa. oils and just use that. Like I put a whole big bag into can that you stick thing. stick it up your butt? Uh, you can. I didn't at that point. I didn't no. know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but very much. It would be hard with coconut oil because it's, um, it's not solid enough, but cacao butter works really well for uh, um, suppositories. That's the word for that. Cacao um, butter. Yeah, as as a delivery method because it's hard enough to to put like, it, to insert. You it couldn't insert it. coconut oil into your butt unless you put it. <laughs> I've tried. Unless, <laughs> it works, but you yeah. must put it in the fridge for at least twenty four hours. Right. Yeah. Hard. And then it it's up. a little bit cold, but the sensation is quite uh, pleasurable. Yeah, I have tried cannabis suppositories, um, and they're great for a lot of things because mm. you can take a much higher amount and without mm. getting high. Um, Through the anus? Mm-hmm. Really? I would think that it would be more intense because it goes right into the bloodstream. But... It goes right into the bloodstream and it's very, it's super beneficial for like mm. anything in that area, like Crohn's and mm. IBS and like any kind of colon cancer type stuff. Anything, cool. menstrual cramps are huge for that. Yeah. Um, like I've got a lot of girlfriends that so that's the only thing that helps them. Really? Um, yeah. But because it's so far away, like I like to think about wherever it lands in your body, it's going to have the most impact there. So right. if it's landing super low, it, yes, it gets into your bloodstream quickly, but it doesn't actually go all up to your brain. Like it doesn't. You don't get that cerebral high, so you don't get right. the anxiety. You don't get the paranoia. You don't get all oh. the things that can come along with it. So, That's if cool. you're dealing with something that you need to have a high dose to, mm-hmm. to get relief, it can be a good way to be able to take in a lot of cannabinoids nice. without getting the negative. And you can also it. put it on your skin. Yeah, eh? you can use topicals. There's tons of different applications. Could you get a bit of a high if you put THC oil on your skin? Yeah, you can a little bit. Um, it's subtle and it's like, you'd have to use quite a lot in order yeah. to have a really noticeable effect, but mm-hmm. um, but you do feel it for sure. Like yeah. I've, even just like massaging someone with that, like through your hands, I've, I've felt a little bit really? of a, like. A little bit of a high, a little bit of a. A little bit bust. of a, and in particular for me, Oftentimes, like if I smoke in the evening, I have trouble falling asleep, mm-hmm. um, which like is backwards to a lot of people mm-hmm, I know. Yeah. But a lot of people they smoke and they just do. You find you become right very out. creative. And yes, my active. mind just turns on, and I like it just spins and has and that's ideas and all strains. Totally, and yeah, there's not really a mm. like one knocks me out, one makes me creative. It's like yeah. THC in general has that it's effect the, on me. Interesting, and which I've used to my benefit a lot over the mm. years. Like it's, I've really learn to just use it selectively for that and cool. tap in and do like journaling and creative work and you know just because it is like a plant medicine like some people 
see it as a plant medicine, whereas in our society it, it's been abused and, and vilified for so much or scapegoated that sometimes totally. we forget that actually in many cultures around the world it, it has been used as a medicine, right? In our culture. <laughs> like, mm. not just cultures elsewhere. Right. Like, People it, was a, it. it was a staple in our medical system up until, wow. like, like back in the 20s and stuff. Wow. Um, there was cannabis tinctures the doctors were prescribing. And cannabis which? Tinctures and, like... Tinctures, like, wow. Uh, it, was, it was everywhere. And, pardon me, if you, if you look into it and look at mm. the, the research, like, the, the history, history of it, it rather, yeah. it's, uh, it was and gaining popularity and then it changed. They, they made it illegal, like, for that, a couple like, different pharma? reasons. Uh, no, at the time, it was primarily motivated by racism, actually. Oh. Um, uh, in the U.S., there was, like, a lot of Mexicans and a lot of blacks that were smoking weed, and, mm. you know, they used it to kind of, like, vilify them, like, uh-huh. you know, like, tied it into, like, oh, because of their culture. Yeah. If, if you watch uh, the documentary The Union, the, okay. the business behind getting on high... On Netflix? Uh, it's not on Netflix. It's on Some, YouTube, though. Oh, sweet. Um, they really dig into that a lot. Um, they kind of go into more in depth into the history of it, but mm. um, that was like the first, like back in the, like early in the twenties, I believe, was when that happened. Mm-hmm. And then it, I think, it became legal again, and then it was made illegal again in the sixties when, uh, when a lot of the there was a lot of hippies protesting the um, the Vietnam War, and oh. they couldn't ar- arrest them for protesting, but they were all smoking weed, so they made weed illegal, and they arrested them for smoking weed. Oh gosh! Um, so it was like. You know, both times were, and and, and all politics, and also like ironically for different things. Because the first time they said that cannabis made you crazy, that made you violent and like dangerous, Mm. and that's why they were made it illegal. Mm. The second time it was because they were all like peace and love and like stopped (laughs) fighting, and they made it illegal. Yeah, it was. They they said it made them like too. I, I don't remember. But well, it's kind it's of like, like alcohol. In like some cultures, people drink alcohol and they just chill by the fire. In other cultures, it's like party, party, party. Yeah. So it really is all sort of suppressed. And suppressed or, yeah. yeah, who knows. But um, so uh, back loop around. Um, that I got introduced to it when I broke my neck. And then mm. um, I didn't, like I recovered and it was still kind of somewhat part of my life, but not tremendously because mm. I couldn't, I'm not very good at smoking socially or mm. like, because I get a little bit of anxiousness mm-hmm. when, when I you're smoke. around like so, lots of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, a bit of social anxiety and stuff like that. So, But uh, I worked at a dispensary about three years ago. And at that point, I'd heard of CBD and I heard of like high CBD strains. Yeah. But I'd never seen it or tried it on its own. Yeah. And that was the first time I tried it, just CBD, like in capsule form. And, and it was just like 100% CBD, no THC? Bingo. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the first time I tried that. And I just had this feeling of like, being calmer and more relaxed and not giving And did it take much. two weeks or so of steady doses to feel that? Or no, did you feel no, it right, right away? away? It was like, I just yeah. felt more relaxed and calmer and like less, because for me, like I'm not an expert on anxiety. I'm not a mm. like, you know, scientist or a doctor or any a psychologist or any of that stuff. But for me, how it showed up was just, I would often be very concerned with what I thought other people were thinking about me. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So, oh, like, yeah. I would always be really concerned about, oh, is, am I going to think I'm, like, weird? Are they going to think I feel like this you're an empath. Me? Very much so. Yeah. And, yeah, 100%. I'm, and so I, and it, sometimes it's real. Like, I'm feeling mm-hmm. other people's emotions and other people's judgments. And yeah. oftentimes it's just my own shit that I'm projecting onto them. Right, and, right. like, but both cases cause me to, like, be, be stopped. Anxious, yeah. And be anxious. And, in the entrepreneur world, like I'd tried my hand at a couple of businesses before launching this, mm-hmm. and every time 
when it came time to like pick up the phone and make sales calls or like sell the retreat that I was planning or the workshop mm-hmm. or the, you know, the whatever I was doing, mm-hmm. take the action and, and put out what I'd created or like really risk failure, risk rejection. Mm-hmm. That was when I would get stopped. I would just stop dead in my tracks and I wouldn't take those actions. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have the success. I wouldn't mm-hmm. like actually make what I wanted come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So I saw... I saw that. I, I didn't realize that I even had anxiety until I found CBD and saw what it was like hmm. and what it felt like on the other side. So when it I really just, did. You don't noticed a marked difference huge after you started taking it. Totally. And it just kind of became something I... And so at the same time, I saw this whole... You know, my entrepreneurial mind was still ticking away and I saw that there was a lot of edibles going out, mm-hmm. but not a lot of healthy edibles (laughs) you know like with my background in sports and like skiing and I Mm -hmm. I also studied personal training and nutrition and all that stuff so and I was getting into like the bulletproof coffee Mm -hmm. and that kind of fat forward style of eating and I was like there's nothing of that here you know it's all just like brownies and lollipops sugar garbage and high THC as well right there was nothing with CBD there was nothing um, and nothing healthy at all. So I was like, I want that for myself because I love mm-hmm. using um, a little bit of cannabis, in particular, an edible, mm-hmm. if I'm going to go for like a big day hike or something like that. Because it oh, just, it's fun. you know, it it helps you, it helps me kind of connect with nature more. It helps yeah. my mind open, and I just, you know, it's it's a really beautiful experience. And yeah. so I wanted to create something for that. So I actually, my first product was it was a THC and CBD, like a one to one in mm. a kind of power ball like date nut bliss ball kind of thing oh cool and little hand rolled balls and ziploc bags and oh um, nice wow and uh i had you know throughout my other failed attempts at business i'd read a lot of books and mm-hmm. learned a lot and uh, one in particular the lean startup um oh, yeah. really impacted this version of my business attempt um which was i'd often tried to do things really like big and perfect before and this time i was like no screw that i'm just gonna do like the simplest, most basic version I can and get it out and get it sell out. it and see yeah. if people actually want it. Um, so I started that way and um, shortly after I started the, that first one, I realized like I want something I can keep eating while I'm out on these hikes and adventures that's not mm. going to keep getting me high. <laughs> ah. So I made one with just CBD and I uh, I was a huge, love chocolate, obviously, yeah. love coffee, do yeah, bulletproof coffee, yeah, sure. Um, and... Uh, I wanted to kind of combine that into mm. a product. So I and I mm. wanted to be an energy where I wanted to like lift me up. So I kind of I googled a bunch of recipes and just nice. started experimenting and uh, and then came up with the grind bar essentially. And that didn't really change a whole lot from the first rendition. Really, um, just having that little bit of coffee in there and maca to like boost right. drive and sexual energy yeah. and. Um, I know, get all so those things. Maca, it's crazy. Oh yeah, no, I have to take breaks from it. Actually, like, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, like I can't get anything done. I'm just like, I just want to go into grinder. And so, <laughs> uh, well, and for me, like it was to the point of like actually grinding my teeth as well. Oh like, really? You know, like I had like jaw stuff because oh, because they were like the sexual just, energy or like, just like so much drive or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you heard of Sat Kriya? Sat Kriya. Sat Kriya. It's mm-hmm. a Kriya from Kundalini Yoga, and I practice it on days when like. I feel that extra sexual energy. Um, I'll teach it to you after. Cool. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Good tool to have. But, uh, uh, so yeah. that, or just so don't put as much maca in your smoothie. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you know? Well, for me, it was the bars because I was eating bar. bars oh, every right, day. Right. You know? <laughs> I was living off them pretty much. So, um, Humping your couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was how it started. Um, 
And then from there, it was, like I said, it was literally hand-rolled balls and Ziploc bags at the beginning mm. and with a sticker on it. And then I, like, made better packaging. And you just sell it to some, friends and stuff? Just, yeah, selling to friends, like, you know, hustling, like, hey, you want to buy some bars, want to buy some bars, want to oh, buy some yeah. bars? And, like, some balls. They try these, or balls at that point, yeah. Mm. Uh, and then slowly, like, I got some Dave's molds. Dave's <laughs> chocolate salty balls. <laughs> Dave's chocolate salty balls. <laughs> Uh, freedom balls was originally what they were called. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, funny, funny shit. I did not know um, about your balls back then. Yeah, that was that was way back. And then I got uh, picked up some like little molds, some silicone chocolate mm. molds at a oh. baking supply store, and then they were like an actual little bar shape. And so there was two of these bars in a little mm. bag, and got better nice. packaging, got better, you know, just kept ramping that up and doing things better and better and better, and then um, eventually. Uh, so I'm uh, part of this about the time that I started this whole thing I joined the Samurai Brotherhood as well nice. um, which was huge for me like having having that support and having that when did you that, join? why or when? 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 that was uh, a few years about ago about two years ago now nice um, October literally so nice. pretty much exactly two years ago and at that point I had like I had the they were in the two bar forms in a bag still yeah. um but still very much like me making them and selling them to friends and like yeah. i didn't have any retail i didn't have any like you know it was still very much a hobby I project and i was it. still i was doing construction at the time like doing carpentry yeah. and oh, banging wow. nails all day and i'd get up at like four thirty in the morning and work for a couple hours before going to work my job all day um, you'd work on these bars yeah i'd work on the business outside and would of, you make them like in your house? in the kitchen yeah wow so it was very much grassroots totally like very DIY at the beginning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and then after I think it was maybe six months into that, um, I actually we you know stepped up our game a little bit. I ordered some. Uh, I got the custom molds made, like custom nice. chocolate molds with our logo on them, which we use still now um, to make it a little more professional looking. And one actual bar instead of two pieces. Mm-hmm. And then I invested in. Uh, I got some investment in my company um, so we could get like actual professional packaging like this. Oh, sweet. Um, not that one, but the first version of that. Mm. And then we got some retail set up and nice. then it started growing. We started, um, then I took on more investment. I went back to the drawing board and mm-hmm. created more flavors, um, took on even more investment. Yeah. Uh, and so we could do like all the proper wrappers, hire designers, hire web developers, like do it wow. more professionally. And then, and then we got to go on Dragon's Den. Um, oh, you we were on Dragon's Den. Yeah, uh, it actually just aired a couple of days ago. What? Um, the day after legalization. So that was a big week That's for a me. That's good, yeah. I like, partnered with Xenobis on Monday. Legalization was on Wednesday. Thursday was my Dragon's Den. <laughs> like shit. It was an intense When you were week. so calm when I saw you at the restaurant, I was like, whoa, this dude has like, changed. Like, you're, you were always calm, but then you were like super calm, and your skin is so clear now, and like, you've mm. lost a bit of weight. And totally. I was like, wow, this guy is like really like in the vortex. Thank you. Yeah, yeah so I, I keep feel doing like what it. you're doing. That's, it's, that's very uh, awesome. And about, so a year after men's group, I started leading my own group, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, just leveling up over and over again. Like I moved mm-hmm. into my own place because I was living with friends and mm-hmm. it wasn't working. It was, and then at the same time, I started leading the men's group, and that was when I started uh, dating my now fiance, uh-huh. um, Brooke, and like then from that point, like once we got together, it was just like real upward, upward spiral. spiral. Um, just having that like solid support in my life mm-hmm. and knowing that I'm loved, knowing that I'm like not trying to fill that 
hole. There's no mm -hmm. energy like leaking out trying uh -huh. to get women and stuff like that, right? right so, yeah, that can be a pain. And just energy drain, yeah. And we were just such a good fit as well, and such a there was like from like about two months in, I knew I wanted to marry the girl. Wow. And like so, just not instantly, but <laughs> I knew that was part of the path. How'd you, know? you guys meet? Uh, we met originally uh, at a Mantox event, actually. Huh. Um, just mutual friends. We both ended up being there, and then we kind of mm -hmm. connected. But it wasn't that was about a year before we started dating. So mm -hmm. we were kind of in the same community. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of mutual friends. We'd see each other here and there, but mm. we were both in a in a phase of like head down business mode. Like mm -hmm. I made a conscious decision to not date at all for wow. two years while I was working on my business because right. I just didn't want distract. A, I didn't want distraction, um, so I could focus on building my business and building myself up. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I built it off the back of a tremendous failure in my life where my whole life collapsed and I was like, I had no money, no house, no job, no mm. like anything. And like, was that another business or just, yeah. Okay. I tried to launch a retreat center before that actually. You would? I was working on launching a retreat center before that. Oh. Um, and it completely shit the bed and oh. I lost like 20 grand and oh, like shit. everything. I, I'm, <laughs> you know, good and bad. I'm, I'm good with risk in my mm. life like I'm okay with taking risks because of the skiing background like I was mm. a semi-pro skier and jumped mm. off cliffs and did all that stuff so mm. like I'm I transferred that like ability to put my life on the line into business essentially right and uh so I've been okay with that aspect of it and um and so but jumping in with both feet and not having a safety net if mm. it doesn't work you splat you know and yeah. uh, so I splatted real hard and was while I was building myself up after that, I chose to not date because I wanted to focus on business and building mm -hmm. myself up. And also, like, I'm, I'm always, like, I'm a hippie as well on the inside, even mm -hmm. though I look, don't look like yeah. it on the outside anymore. <laughs> um, but I knew that... I was like, what happened to the beast? <laughs> the beast? It's more sort of like Gaston now or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, where did the beast go? Yeah, I cleaned up the exterior for sure. I uh, had to go business mode for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, interestingly, we started dating, like, a week after I cut my hair off, too. Interesting. Uh, um, but anyways, that's a side note. But um, I... It's like you shed, it was like shed off the old, you know? Some yeah. people do that. My friend is at an ashram right now, and she has this beautiful long blonde hair, and she um, she decided to shave her head. They were all wow. encouraged to shave their heads. And she went through, she was sort of waffling, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think to her it was like symbolizing letting, letting go. Letting go, for sure. Old. And that it was for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, but... At the at that time as well, like you know, it was things were starting to work. I was starting to do a little better. I was, you know, um, I was about to start leading this men's group. I was, mm -hmm. you know, I was having a lot of success. My bars were getting distributed. I was starting mm -hmm. to like make some money doing it as well. And I had started everywhere. working with uh, this CBD company as well at the time. So um, like doing sales for them. So I was like full mm -hmm. on in the industry, not just mm -hmm. like you know, banging nails and how it was a side project. It was like my full-time gig pretty much. So, mm. um, and then, uh, so backtrack to a quick second. Like I knew as well, like not just that I wanted to focus, but I knew that when you attract a partner into your life, you usually attract someone based on where you're at energetically, like a reciprocal of that. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I didn't want to attract someone based on where I was at at that point. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I hated myself and I was mm-hmm. like super depressed for quite a while. And this I, is when you met your current fiance. No, no, no. This no, is before. like the two years before that. I I've seen like, that's why you're that's doing why this, this I whole took, no dating thing. Exactly. I was like, need I need to build up near, yeah. my own belief and my own self love yeah. and all that shit before I even think about trying to bring a woman in. Cause like, and did you do that? Like, did you hundred percent? Wow. I, totally like rebuilt my self-esteem and rebuilt my self-confidence through but you a did lot not of work. date for those two years didn't did date it i dated one girl for a tiny bit but mm-hmm. then cut it because it was just didn't feel it right just, yeah no exactly mm-hmm. um and uh yeah and then since so we've been date, we've been together for a year now but i actually proposed in the summer only wow. after nine months just because i knew and i had a a real strong hit of um just like perfectionism is something I've struggled with a lot in my life mm-hmm. and there was like I really wanted to like wait and have it be perfect and have this whole big thing orchestrated and everything and I was like no fuck that like do you it. know fucking yeah. do it and I knew we were both going into a very busy time with legalization coming soon and with you know like her business she works in schools teaching dance and like mm. so she's pretty chill in the summer but like her like come uh, September, October, she ramps up a lot. I knew we were yeah. both going into a really hectic time, and I just I wanted I wanted that to be solid. I wanted her to know mm. that I was here and that I was committed, and yeah. you know, it, that I wanted to do life with her. So I just wow. went for it. And I, ever since I made that commitment, everything else has just lined up so magically, mm-hmm. and like so many cool things have been coming in, and so much abundance, and so much love, and like so many like random weird things have just been lining up and working out so well and it's been fucking awesome that's amazing Um, and yeah and and it just continues like it keeps getting better and better Mm -hmm. um upward spiral totally it's 100 percent. we're definitely in the vortex right now of like abundance and things are just you know it's like like i inherited a whole wardrobe like what randomly like this good one of my good friends in my men's group um he's older he's like late 40s and he'd made a lot of money in his life and was just going through you know a bit of a classic like as soon as Mm. guys kind of get out people get on to more of that open spiritual path or whatever they Mm. often go through a shedding of like old things so he got rid of like 90 percent of his stuff and like i am the same size as him so i inherited a lot of like i got like six or seven thousand dollars for the clothes for 500 bucks holy (laughs) moly no just like suits and dress shirts and shoes and fancy jeans and like Burberry Did you wear some jacket Dragon's and, like, uh, no no that was mm-hmm. Dragon's Den was in May oh right so and that's just it was, now, yeah right? that was just a couple months ago but uh, you, you know just like this clothes. abundance comes in like, a new, a new yeah. wardrobe to fit my new lifestyle and mm-hmm. my new like way of being and you know then yeah it's like just so many things have been really lining up and working well and you know like this house and then you know the just everything that place we're doing our wedding now and now this partnership like mm-hmm. you know that came out of nowhere I wasn't even thinking about that as a possibility and then it lined up and because of everything that was happening and shifting with legalization and they were just going mm-hmm. public so they were able to like acquire a bunch of companies and right. it was kind of like you know they they made the offer and or they asked if I wanted to make an offer basically and I did and then I you know I I I went super high and then they came down lower than that, lower than that, which was still like, you know, an amazing price for, for what I, where I was at in my company and also offered for like, they wanted me to partner with them. Like they, 
they even told me on the when we were like confirming everything afterwards. They're like, we very much overpaid for your company, but it's because we see. And I signed a three year employment uh, employment agreement with mm-hmm. them as part of the mm-hmm. the merger, um, so that I have to stay with them and help. Uh, like build more products for them and mm. create more things and like and still keep championing my brand and like working on that. So, hey. um, but they're like we overpaid for this because we want you to be part of our team. We see nice. tremendous value in you and like you know we we want we are growing crazy fast and we need to have like super solid team members and mm-hmm. we just see like tremendous value in having you as part of our team. So we're willing to pay more than what we should be for your company yeah, right now. And yeah. I'm like. Uh, wow like stroke my ego some more yeah, you know like bring it on, lay it on. um but it's amazing like you know it's so i'm just in this actual like i'm in this kind of in between phase right now like we're because they're obviously fully legal because edibles aren't legal yet like we're winding down our business right now and like i'm just like our kitchen shutting down we're not making the cbd bars anymore we might be launching them without CBD. That's like mm-hmm. that's a they're kind of pushing for that because um, they've already got connections with a lot mm-hmm. of the big retail in Canada and um, and we could like the bars stand on their own like our, especially mm-hmm. our keto line like a ton of people are all over that um, yeah. even without CBD the CBD right. is just like an extra bonus on those but um, but it's cool like just knowing that I've got such amazing partners to start this journey with and and like coming in at such a high level as well like I've mm-hmm. never it's like I haven't had a job, quote unquote, in a while. I've been working for myself, but mm-hmm. like this isn't like I'm starting with like a way better salary than I was paying myself, and yeah. like and with a team with so much experience and so much mm-hmm. like way smarter people than me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, I can actually I'm in a place now where I'm going to be learning a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm going to like have uh, you know just so many people like I said with more experience, and like I get to learn, I get to grow, mm-hmm. I get to. I'm not like big fish, small pond anymore. I'm a small fish, big pond. Right, you're so gonna I get learn to from like, these like mentors and exactly. acquire more skills totally. and, and get paid awesome. really well to do that. Yeah. So it's like it's real and with the security because working for yourself, there's always that element of like until you're like really set and all your systems are in place and your order like you've got return orders and distribution and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's still this like unknown of like is it gonna work? Is it gonna make yeah. it? You know, yeah. uh, so it, it's sounds like the the men's group was a good catalyst for the upward spiral. Would you say that was an so integral part? So instrumental, for accountability, sure. accountability, and like we do a lot of stuff around like for the men's group, the relationship with the masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember, we did eye gazing once. That wasn't necessarily a men's group thing, but uh, we do some of that. Like uh, for in us, for us, we call it samurai stare when we do that, and oh. we like. Not as long as you and I did that one mm-hmm. workshop. It was more, we, we'll do like sitting in a circle and we'll just lock eyes with each guy mm-hmm. for like 10, 15 seconds kind nice. of thing. Um, but even that's hard for a lot of people. Like they can't that's do that hard, without yeah. laughing, you know? Yeah, uh, or like, like looking away. Totally. I used to find eye contact hard and now I'm doing kundalini yoga and mm-hmm. one sort of branch of kundalini yoga is this white tantric yoga where mm-hmm. basically you're doing eye contact for like eight hours with your partner. And there's little Crazy. breaks, but like 31 minutes, a little 10 minute break. You're yeah. looking at your partner, and you got your hands like that. We can do it right now if you want. So you're like you're sitting across from your partner, and you bring like one hand up, one hand down, and you just like gaze into the eyes. So you're basically just like doing this for like 31 minutes. Crazy. Yeah, and then you take a break, and then you do the other angle, and you're just like looking, hmm. and it's so nice. I find it really powerful, and it's funny. My um my partner, 
she fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, wake up. And she's like, she woke up. And um, I think she might have had a late night the night before. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, ever since that day, I found eye contact so much easier and more enjoyable. Mm. And I've noticed, like, I'm in a men's group and we do that type of thing too. And, um, yeah, I, I find that there's, yes, healing, healing the masculine, being more comfortable also with embodying uh, the di- divine feminine as well. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever talk about that in the men's groups or yeah, the balance we, of so the masculine we, and feminine? Um, uh, yes, and um, we do a little bit of that in the men's group. Um, mm-hmm. It's primarily centered around your relationship with the masculine, your relationship mm-hmm. with the father. Like, yeah. personally, my, I don't have that so much like my biology mm-hmm. I do my stepdad has been around since I was a little tiny little kid mm-hmm. but my biological father left before I was born oh. and I only met him for the first time when I was like 25 really? and I've hung out with him like four times since then kind of mm-hmm. thing. like not really and we have a beer and you know mm-hmm. how's the weather kind of conversation right. you know like um so I I was always lacking that and that showed up in my life as like not relating to authority well not being able to like not having like actual solid friendships with guys that I could mm-hmm. count on. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, so a lot of that, that healed a lot of that. Um, and also like approval seeking and there's like a lot of mm-hmm. stuff kind of spun up in that. Um, but then within the same, like the same teacher that started the Samurai Brotherhood mm-hmm. also has another program called Conscious Relationships Training, which oh, uh, heard of you may have heard of. Yeah, a lot of our community friends are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That was actually, so that is more of like, it's guys and girls together, and mm. that's where uh, is that we ESP? deal with, pardon? Is that ESP? No. Nope. No, it's it's just its own thing. Its own thing. Um, through the same kind of school, like it's associated mm. with the Samurai Brotherhood. And, I see. And there's a sisterhood as well, the Rising Woman Sisterhood, that's oh, the same, cool. same thing. So there's like a brotherhood, a sisterhood, and then conscious relationships is where there's guys and girls go together, together yeah. and you're dealing with your shit with the opposite sex, essentially. Ah. So it's a lot of like, it's all centered around radical self-acceptance essentially so like getting really honest and open about your shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and about like the dark parts of yourself that you don't necessarily love that much Mm -hmm. and it's like exposing them to a room full of people of both sexes sounds like like, landmark eh, no it's it's way deeper than landmark it's like landmark is a lot of i've done all that stuff as well yeah i've done not i've done the forum, the self-expression leadership program, advanced course. Oh, um, wow. I've coached the self-expression leadership program, and I've done. How the old are you? How old am I? Thirty-four. You're so young. You've done a lot of things. <laughs> I have. I've, <laughs> I've really like thrust myself onto the path of growth. Mm. Like I've, I've for a long time. Landmark was actually the very beginning of that. Wow. Um, it opened my eyes to the and my mind to the fact that you can create whatever the fuck you want with your life Mm -hmm. period you know Mm -hmm. like and the past is the past the future is wide open but all of the stories that you have are what prevent you from living into whatever you want so like that was the what cracked me open and then i've just that's a really good message there i want to focus on that for the listeners so so the outer world is like a reflection of the inner world and sometimes we can get wrapped up in our stories what techniques do you use to separate yourself from the story and to create the future that you prefer uh CBD. Well, yeah. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. Kidding, <laughs> uh, uh, not kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, tool. Yeah, it is a very powerful tool for that. Before one. we go, I have um, to also ask you about um, the the microdosing. Definitely. So we'll, we'll, this, we'll probably this lead into that, that conversation. Um, so. <laughs> You know, drugs are actually a very powerful tool for that because they can remove you from your, like, especially cannabis. It helps me kind of lift up and look at my life more like. 
uh, and, objectively. And, uh, and he's like, talking about a, like plant medicine drugs for yeah, the most part. Like totally. I, I had a, my listeners know probably that I had a run in with cocaine. So I was addicted mm. to cocaine for a few years. No way. From like 2014 to like mid 2015. Wow. And so I was doing it quite a lot and it became like really bad. And I lost my, this guy that I was dating overdosed on a fentanyl thing. And then my cousin passed away of a fentanyl. He was doing oh, cocaine recreation. So it's been a, this really kind of scary, sad thing in my life. So you're talking about plant medicines. Plant medicines, yeah. Predominantly. And, you know, it's, and you're saying also LSD, but in a, in which, a microdosed way. Yeah. Uh, and macro, it can be very helpful as well. But mm-hmm. um, so they, but all of anything like that is when done with intention right. and when done in the right setting and yeah. ceremoniously and all this. Like not mm-hmm. going out and getting messed up on the weekend yeah. with your buddies. Like exactly. this is like with a therapist, with like mm-hmm. someone who's trained and can lead you through these experiences yeah. is profound. Like going on an ayahuasca journey or going on... Yeah. Have you like done that. ayahuasca? Yeah, I've done ayahuasca a few times. Cool. Um, I've smoked DMT. I've done quite a lot of mushrooms and acid and things like that. Because wow. um, they're all... Do you find when you did all the mushrooms, did you... Um, like I was listening to Aubrey Marcus and like he had this realization about sexuality that people are neither gay nor straight. They're all on a spectrum. Did you have that realization too? Like I find, uh, I find a lot of straight guys are now realizing that like, you know, most straight guys are at least 8% gay, you know? Like, yeah, I'm probably at least 8% gay. Right? And like I <laughs> would, I would say I'm homoflexible. Like it's fun to eat pussy sometimes, you know? Hmm. So it's, um, I'm just, that's, I'm just wondering because I've noticed more and more people are sort of realizing that, you know, sexuality is more fluid and porous than what are, you know, previous generation said it was yeah and it's definitely we're in a time where all of that stuff is getting reevaluated and looked at um it, i didn't have anything of that nature in my mushroom journeys specifically like mm. uh, i've been uh, of that stance for quite a while so mm. like i don't you didn't need mushrooms to tell come me that, to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally um but like what most of these hallucinogenics in particular will give you an experience of and cannabis as well which can be hallucinogenic and if taken in high enough doses Mm. (laughs) um it can give you an experience a a visceral experience of feeling connected to everything Mm. and and that is the piece that ties them all together and that is the piece that's like really like that's what it's all about like you get this and you know, you can't explain to someone with that. It's not a theory. It's not a land like landmark, for instance, is very theoretical. It's very heady, mm. and like these are like full felt sensations mm. of like I am one with everything. Like mm-hmm. you know, like why the fuck would I try to hurt someone or try to take advantage mm. of someone or try to cause like like ill will towards anyone or anything? You know, including the planet. Like why am I? fucking driving a gasoline car why am i like throwing garbage away why am i like doing work that's not helping people mm-hmm. you know like all of these things will you'll get like sh- depending what kind of life you're leading you'll get shooken up a fair bit to all this and um so like those can be very powerful but uh, back to like the crt stuff like and all the men's work things we do they they all center around this idea of self-acceptance mm. you know like it's not it's not like personal development or personal growth. It's really just self-acceptance. That's so funny. In it's, my class this morning, I said yoga is not about self-improvement. It's about self-acceptance. 100%. And, and just, the, but in order to accept yourself, you have to expose yourself first. Mm-hmm. And this is what a lot of the work is about is actually like digging in 
and looking at all the pieces of yourself, all the pieces of your story, mm. and all the pieces of your patterns. And like, like in the conscious relationships training with CRT, like they, you have to write out your entire relationship history, like cool. all of your relationships, all of like, and how did they? What what happened? What were your pat? And looking at your patterns, because oh, the yeah. patterns in your life those like they repeat you're like oh man like i the same shit happened i attracted the same kind of woman like four times mm -hmm. and broke up with them for the same reason four times just in like different iterations or different things yeah. and once you can see those patterns that you have in life and same with money same with whatever like mm -hmm. once you get to understand yourself more then you can accept yourself and yeah. once you accept it then you can you can evolve you can mm -hmm. like grow through it and grow to a new level you know and and let it go like a lot of people will resist and like push against mm -hmm. the things that the parts of themselves they don't like mm. especially i'm sure like you know you've probably encountered a lot of this in gay men or pe like guys that have like you know realized that later in life for instance of like right. you know it would like well i keep like i was on like grinder for a while and i kept like attracting like straight guys from like calgary <laughs> Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh, like I could never." I'm not really gay. Come out of the closet. Why are you on Grinder? Like you're on Grinder, <laughs> and you want to play with our decks. Like let's. But but I think it's a, it's a it's almost like being a victim of a, the times because really exactly. as we're realizing, thing. it's like everything is a spectrum. Ancient Greece, men would make love to each other and also have wives. Yeah. Right. That was the norm then. So we're just in this sort of weird time. I think in about fifty years, it's it's going to be uncool if you haven't if you don't accept that you're somewhere along the spectrum. Mm. Right, so I think that but we're just people, in this weird least, transitory like, time. You know, and that goes into the masculine feminine conversation mm -hmm. as well. Like, you know, I've done read most of David Data's books and like the the men's work stuff. It all mm -hmm. kind of ties around the similar st stuff. It's mm -hmm. like we're all somewhere on that spectrum of like masculine and feminine polarity, no. right? And we're all a mix of some sort. Like, I feel oh. like I have a like I'm definitely more on the masculine side, but for a long time, like I grew when I grew up, I like not having a that you know like my stepdad was there but he kind of like my mom ran the house and she mm -hmm. was like the man of the house in a lot of ways as right. well so like I didn't I family. didn't have like that like man's man to like take me under his wing and teach me how to be a man so mm -hmm. like I would grow up in this like be nice to women and be nice to you know like don't piss people off and don't yeah. get in fights and like you know just be nice and all that and like that's the mm -hmm. kind of more feminine approach so yeah. when I then like growing on my own I was like very conflict avoid and I was very like mm. I didn't have like a backbone I wouldn't stand up for myself I got bullied a lot as a kid mm. that like spirals into more of that like mm -hmm. low self-confidence all of that and then when I went out on my own like I I was I gravitated towards work that was more feminine by nature as well like mm -hmm. I worked at Lululemon for a long time when <laughs> I was in Whistler I you know like I was in service industry I was in you know like coaching and like I got drawn I went to school for life coaching and NLP and like all these right. more kind of like supportive type roles yeah. and it wasn't till like a few years ago that I one of the teachers that I worked with was kind of like you know I I had assumed I was kind of like a 50 50 like somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle of like masculine feminine because but I just hadn't developed my masculine side yet and he's like no you're like more like 70 30 masculine right feminine. and I was like what <laughs> 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 So <laughs> I like went through this whole phase of like really trying to be masculine and like right. like faking it almost and right. like which might be a step 
it, it was a step. Like right. it's you know fake it till you make it in a way. Like right. I started acting that way, and then I got into the men's work, and that was where I really like actually started developing that core. Yeah, like that, like the men's that power. Group. Yeah, exactly. Was working with the Samurai Brotherhood, um, like getting in touch with my anger. Like uh-huh. I had I had completely shut down and avoided my anger uh-huh. my entire life. It had been like not something I'd looked at, not something I'd you know, acknowledged, it was just like, oh, no, anger's bad, push that away, like, right. just be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, I It's know. like, there's so much power in anger, and aggression and anger are different things, mm-hmm. you know, like, you can be angry and express it without punching someone in the face, you right. know, and, and, and you can Do learn Do you have to, any hot tips for that, connecting to the anger and expressing it in a life-giving way just, rather than getting into... Just the... use your fucking words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Speak know, from like, your navel point. Speak from your gut and just deliver you know like getting well and like in the men's community like one thing we do to work on that is we literally like we'll stand with two guys facing each other you'll lock hands Mm. and just yell fuck you into each other's faces and like just really tap into that feeling of anger Mm -hmm. and like expressing it but it's in a safe container yeah it's like you know you're, you're able to feel it and go into it and let it out yeah without worrying about the other guy punching you in the face you know like it's it's Practicing in a safe environment is right. key for anything, right? Like you have to get to get a driver's license. You have to like do the course and then practice with a supervisor. Yep. You know, it's like you need to that for anger. You know, so totally. getting into any type of martial, pardon me, martial art can be really good for that too. Because yep. again, it's learning to like tap into that like aggression and that like you know, but playfully. Have and you with heard of teacher. Aikido? I have heard of Aikido. I haven't Japanese done it. Um, sort of more of a yielding. Using the other person's anger. Yeah, to like... I've done a little bit of, uh, I believe it was called uh, ninjutsu, um, which is a very similar oh, cool. thing as well. It's and you do like, jujitsu. I do Brazilian jujitsu now. Yeah, nice. uh, I only did a little bit of uh, ninjutsu. It was more like introductory, and then I stopped um, just because of life and everything. But it was more of that, like working with, like the lines of motion and like mm-hmm. you know someone's coming at you, you can like you know just. It's all about their line of travel, so you like, step out of the way and just direct them into some, like, behind where their right. arm is behind the back, you know, and they're, like, right. yielding. So Jiu- sometimes it's good to have that skill, and other times it's good to execute the more... Totally. Jiu-Jitsu is more of that. It's still focused on self-defense and still focused on, like, staying safe, um, mm-hmm. but you're learning holds and you're learning grappling and you're, mm-hmm. like, learning how to, like, manipulate and control someone's body so that mm-hmm. you can disable them and, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. but not kill them like just right. disable them and get them in a position where you're like are you, are you done <laughs> you know like this isn't gonna get better from here you know so i it's, did a uh, jujitsu class i got a pass at lions mma nice and i got paired up with this like 300 pound like sumo wrestler type guy and he was totally hard. just like on top of me suffocating me and i was just like tapping out and he's like really and i was like okay okay he just like kept like squishing i haven't me. even done anything yet <laughs> I can't breathe. Like, I can't really breathe. And you smell good of it. It's super fun. I've, I've gotten yeah. into that in the last, like, six months. And, nice. Um, it both, like, it's a great workout. It's a mm. really fun thing to do. So mm-hmm. it's not, Where like, do you do that? Chore. I go to a North End Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, I think my um, brother goes there, yeah. Which is, it's a really cool school as well because it's designed around 
it's not just drop in and start rolling. It's um, they have like six month to a year program that you go through where you learn all the basics, like oh, cool. very very in depth, and you really like drill in the basics so that oh that's good. It's, it's all technique based at the beginning, and you yeah. you just learn technique and practice, learn and practice, and they you know you'll learn like three or four techniques together and string them together in a yeah. day, and you have to go through this whole program before you even start just open rolling. Huh. But that way, it's much safer because you don't yeah it, you don't just like start fighting with someone right off the bat right, right. you're not like jumping in the first day and getting like arm barred or something by True someone that. and by someone who doesn't the other piece is a lot of these holds like and these locks like you put someone in an arm bar and you know it's like if you're gentle then you can like get them into it and then slowly apply pressure so that they have to tap mm-hmm. but if it's with someone inexperienced and they just they finally get it they're like yeah and yeah just pop you. your elbow or something you know yeah, like yeah. so it's it's much safer to have it this way where you're building up slowly um, but the other piece of it it's like it forces me to not think about work for an hour yeah. you know and just be fully present because not only is it super physical I'm also learning mm-hmm. a, a new it's like a learning a language almost yeah. like how to like how to move how to roll how to all this stuff so I've really enjoyed it that's um, awesome that's fun uh, drugs <laughs> back to drugs <laughs> you said you wanted to cover that um, yeah for sure so as I mentioned like you know with things psychedelics in particular you get this experience of oneness or wholeness or whatever mm-hmm. so it you, but like you have this like profound experience and then you go back to life mm. and you're back to like, you know, being normal and all these things. And it's easy to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And what I find about microdosing is you get a little bit of an experience of that. It's like a reminder almost. It's mm. like for the most part, you don't feel anything. Like it's not a perceptible amount that you're doing when you mm-hmm. do these. Mm-hmm. It's more, it's just a little bit. And you sometimes get little twangs of like, oh, there it is. Like, <laughs> I'm a little bit high. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, it just, it helps me stay in flow mm-hmm. and stay feeling connected to source. Can you so, be active like in sport? Oh, 100%. Really? Like, Are it, athletes it essentially, uh, I do. And I'm and you're quite athlete. athletic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, I haven't heard about people using it in like professional athletics so much, um, but I'm sure they will. Because essentially, mm. like for me... Like, I've spent a lot of effort developing my connection with my intuition and my gut mm-hmm. um, and, like, learning to trust it and learning to work with it and learning yeah. to let it guide my life more and more. Yeah. And this is a way of, like, kind of increasing that and hmm. and strengthening that connection. And you're talking about LSD, psilocybin. LSD and psilocybin in particular. Um, I use... Uh, CBD every day as well. Um, it's just part of my life now. Just um, like a little drop under the tongue in your coffee. Uh, different forms. Like I've got bars. I've got. Um, I have stuff that I put in my coffee in the morning. I have tinctures that I'll oh. do. I've got. I guess I've got stuff that I do. Put no, in my no, own. I, I don't. I don't. You don't uh, do rectal. I have. I tried it. Um, I haven't tried with CBD in specific. I did a hundred milligram THC suppository mm. one time, and it was quite nice, but. It was just kind of awkward, and like I don't mm-hmm. actually need it for any medical purpose, so it doesn't right. really. Yeah, it's, it's not like as you said, the psychological effect. It's more diminished. perceptible if you ingest it through the mouth. Totally, um, and so and just being in the industry, I get like lots of different products nice. given to me, and like you know, just yeah, yeah. there's uh, I make them so I can make whatever I want as well. <laughs> there's yeah. no shortage of CBD in my awesome. life, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do that all the time. But a little bit of um, my pattern for it is. I tend to do probably like one 
or two days per week of each mushrooms okay. and psilocybin. So it's not every day. It's like one day on, one or two days off. Mushrooms and like, Yeah, I'll, and not at the same time. Like I'll do no. mushrooms one day and I'll have a couple of days off and then I'll do the acid and then have a couple of days off. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, or depending what I'm doing, like if I work a trade show, I'll often do more. Like I'll do mushrooms like each day of the trade show because hmm. I find they also give me energy. They lighten me up. They like, hmm. um, it makes me funnier as well or like more kind of comedic and light like that energy and of like what strain of mushroom i don't know to like be honest I'm, I'm, I'm no i have no idea to be honest i just get them from a guy <laughs> <laughs> and what about the lsd it's like, kind of like how, how weed how, was like a few years ago right. you know like you just got it from your drug dealer and you didn't really know what it was it's right, not right. it's not like a fully open regulated thing yet right it so, will be um because there's so mm-hmm. much research being done at like john hopkins and all this cool. stuff like for psilocybin in particular um just because it's got tremendous capacity to heal so many like anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Like they're looking at a lot of these disorders, like anxiety and depression in particular, like and other disorders that kind of tie into that as like this there's a theory that ties all of them together mm. that they're all based on a lack of connection. Like human connection? Human or or just connection, connection to source. Both essentially you know like which are the same essentially because we are god we are like that's my belief at least in a lot of the teachings that i've done like it's that god is within us not some Mm -hmm. external thing that we're trying to connect with like we're all part of the same fucking thing so it's like it it allows you know and and anxiety depression addiction as well huge Mm -hmm. for that like Mm -hmm. you're they have you have this hole inside you that you feel Mm -hmm. separate and alone and scared and you want to fill that with something and alcohol and like harder drugs like mm. cocaine and um, like math and, math and all that crap. Like they can fill that temporarily, but then you, you know, then they rip it out and you yeah, feel terrible. Your psyche's so, so pained after that. Yeah. Whereas mushrooms, like they actually give you such a strong sense of that feeling of connection that mm-hmm. it's then like there's lingering, like it, it stays with you. Yeah. You know, like you're not then searching because you realize you don't need to fill yourself with something else because you already have everything within you. Mm-hmm. You know, you already are like part of everything. everything so there's no, yeah. there is no actual separation. Yeah. Once you tap into that and build that sense up. So yeah. like microdosing just helps me and most other people that I've spoken with, like feel more connected to that all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're running more things by your intuition, you're like, you're trusting God to, to, to lead you essentially mm-hmm. and and that can help with that so a hundred percent athletes would be getting involved in it once they get on that path and figure it mm-hmm. out because it's like when you're at a high level of sport you're not using your fucking brain mm-hmm. it's like maybe to like calculate plays and stuff like that but all of your execution is a hundred percent intuition mm-hmm. and gut and like you know felt sense right and so if you can do anything to improve that and to improve your both your like cognition speed and connection to source and connection to your team as well like mm. of course why not to. yeah yeah that'll be the next frontier and it is like we're already doing it's funny i often uh say like people talked about cannabis being a gateway drug for a long time like oh mm. if you're doing weed like that's the gateway drug to doing cocaine and heroin <laughs> and all this crap and it's mm. like no it's not a mm. but now it finally is a gateway drug but it's a gateway to all these other drugs becoming legalized right um because like the fact that cannabis is now becoming illegal is making a lot of people reevaluate all of the other drugs being illegal. Right. You know, it's like, why are, like, mushrooms and acid and all these things don't have any negative side effects. Like, mm. there's no people dying from overdosing on mushrooms. There's mm. no people, well, there's, 
there are people that die on them, but it's because they try to, they think they can fly and they jump off a roof, (laughs) you know, like it, but when done in a clinical setting Mm -hmm. with supervision and with like actual clinical therapy before Mm -hmm. and after, like, you know, using these drugs like Mm -hmm. MDMA and we didn't talk about that one at all, but Mm -hmm. it's another one that's like going through phase two clinical trials right now through MAPS to be legalized and used. What's MAPS? MAPS is the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelics Study. Oh, cool. Um, so they're a Vancouver-based organization that's wow. championing um, a lot of this research, like in a little bit in mushrooms, but mostly around MDMA, wow. using it for uh, uh, therapy, like treatment around PTSD and mm. other sorts of disorders like that. So That's really cool. Huge, huge. Gabor Mate is really into psilocybin and yeah. ayahuasca. Yep, uh, they're great. Uh, <laughs> in addition to kundalini yoga, like... I've been doing a lot of kind of, I did the teacher training and I love that. And that's sort of using your breath to, to cross the ocean. Totally. And so that's There's lots of different path. ways to get there. Um, yeah. Like we were talking about in the cafe the other day, like mm-hmm. I've had similar experiences to ayahuasca. It's just simply from breathing, like doing mm-hmm. breath wave work and things like mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Like we, we are very much like we're evolving really fast mm-hmm. right now. And like our ability to transcend that, plane mm. and to like dip into like this connected plane where we all mm. are is it's that's the next stage of our evolutionary growth i see mm-hmm. what's you know? breath wave is that that's like... a specific type of no it's more of like uh there's no pauses in the breath like there's no hold at the top or bottom it's huh. it's just a very deep full like rhythmical in and out more like a a water like a very flow kind of cool. um technique and it's similar to Wim Hof in that you're breathing very deeply all the time, mm. but you're not like short exhales. Like you're having like a full exhale as well, but no pauses at the top or bottom. So it's like, you can Google it. Uh, Robin okay. Clement is one of the main teachers of it. Cool. Um, he's That's trained okay. a bunch of other teachers in the area. Nice. Um, I've been doing and, workshops at Dangerfield, and I think that might have been his teacher. It could be. Like a yeah. bunch of my friends now teach it as well and cool. from doing his training. So nice. it's, but it's, Things like that make it so accessible because you don't actually need any drugs. You don't need to like, there's and there's nothing possible to be afraid of because it's like, it's your breathing. You're breathing. You do this all day, every day. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and like having profound results with mm-hmm. like a lot of the same stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like. What does your tattoo say? Uh, it says, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the four agreements. Yes, I love that book. Uh, it is a phenomenal book. Very quick, easy read, but very profound. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a nice thing to have a reminder of on my forum. Yeah. Um, easy How to forget. How do you stay calm if somebody, if you're tempted to take something personally and somebody's in your face, do you have any techniques for staying calm in those situations? <sighs> staying in your zen? <laughs> just what I did right now is Breathe. breathing is one of the biggest, I'd mm. say. Um, mm. You know, as you get it more into like breath and especially with yoga breathing and things like that mm. you can breathe into different parts of your body um so you could if you're really nervous or excited you might have really shallow breath that's very in, uh-huh. up in your chest but through yoga and all that stuff you i've learned more about breathing into different areas of your body so breathing really low down into my belly and almost into my like balls or into mm-hmm. my kind of mm-hmm. bottom of my like as low as i can is a very grounding thing yeah. to do and it's a very uh, very centering if you're like, you know, confronted or like, you know, you're triggered or it's like, you just take a deep breath and it, 
you know, if that's, it's a very powerful tool to be able to come totally. back to your, to come back to presence and to come back to like, that's their stuff, you know, like that yeah. doesn't actually have anything to do with me, you know, it's like, yeah. and, uh, and respond from there instead of reacting right. instantly, you know, meditation also has been a, like not in the moment, but having done a lot of meditation Building in my life, like I've done a couple of Vipassanas as well and nice. like things like that. And, you know, things of that nature strengthen your ability to not respond from anger in the moment, right. you know, just to be, be able to just take that little pause where you're like, instead of that gut, mm-hmm. whatever flinch response, like it just, that split second of like pausing and like, what do I want to, choosing your action instead of mm. having to be a reaction. Okay. Uh, so Dave, tell me this. I need your advice. So in Kundalini yoga, it's very, it's all these special movements and mantras and it's almost like, so for example, say you're at a dinner party and somebody's triggering you, maybe as a kundalini yogi, you might say, oh, I just need to excuse myself. You might go to the bathroom. You might sit there and cross your legs and you might do like a certain breath exercise to release anger. Maybe like your dad said something and so you want to do like a meditation to release childhood anger. So you stick out your tongue and you're panting for three minutes. And then you like go back out. So that's like sort of the Kundalini approach is like do something to effect a certain change in your state, state change, kind of like Wim Hof. Whereas Vipassana is more just like what you described, just be with what is and welcome it and come, you know, be the loving presence. So, and well, or not necessarily, like no? maybe it's tell the person what the fuck you think and right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's it's all about the pause in both. In you know, both. like in your approach, it's like leaving and taking a minute to do some breathing or do some mantra and like, mm-hmm. you know, get centered again. Right. It's like, you know, in poker, they call it being on tilt. Like when, okay. you're, when you're like really triggered and you're in this state of being really mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. and, you know, when you're really pissed, when you're really angry, you're not necessarily thinking clear and you're not, your actions aren't based on, what you actually truly want is right. because you're angry. <laughs> yeah. So it's like anything you can do to to let go of that anger temporarily or just pause and, and just, the word I said was choose. You know, like instead of having it be a reaction, like someone hits you, you hit them back. Like <laughs> if someone hits you, you can be like, okay, what am I going to do? Do I want to hit this person back or do I want to just like, right. like stare at them and laugh at them? Or, like, you know, it's like you could have right. a number of responses. Yeah, just, so maybe they could go in hand in hand. Like maybe yeah. if you cultivate more of a pasana mindfulness, then you have more awareness as to what the most effective, it's, wise action would be, whether it's going to the bathroom and doing a kundalini kriya, speaking from your navel point, this, that, or just being present. Yeah, and sometimes, and you just, you get more attuned with that over time as well. And mm-hmm. um, But it's just finding what works for you is the key. Yeah. Like there's so many different things you can do, so many, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like even within yoga as one thing there's so many different strains that you can go down and like paths yeah. you can take within yoga and it's like different like, strains of pot but like the important thing with anything in this world is finding what works for you mm-hmm. in particular you know it's mm-hmm. like that kundalini might be your thing, but mm-hmm. maybe someone else, it just weirds them out and they want mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But they love boxing or, you know, yeah, like, yeah, who yeah. knows? Or, or, like, Landmark for one person or PSI for another person. Or, right. You know, it's like, it's not about what's it's not one the right path. Exactly. Nothing yeah. is. It's yeah. just, I'm 
much more a fan of like the Tim Ferriss style of life of experimenting. Cool. You know, try things on for yourself. If they work, keep it. If it doesn't, let it go. Yeah. And you know, you wasted a couple days or weeks trying something on. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you continue to experiment, you will find what works for you and yeah. then you will grow and you will progress. You yeah. know, like that's what I've I've had that mindset for years and it's taken me very far. You know, like yeah. I've accomplished a lot in the last few years mm-hmm. and I've really built something for myself and grown. Like when mm-hmm. I see people that haven't seen me in a while, they're like, whoa, like mm-hmm. you're a lot different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like even people that I've known through the men's community, like, you know, the, like when I went to my very first meeting, I was running late and stressed and I actually had to like move money around on my online banking just so I could pay for parking because I was that mm. strapped for cash mm-hmm. and like that, like down on that. And like now I'm like, I just built in the two years since then, I built up a company, sold it and like started a job, like making six figures mm-hmm. <laughs> building my company yeah. stuff. You know, it's like I've completely transcended kind of like so much. Changed, and, yeah. But just because I've been willing to be teachable and willing to be yeah. humble and willing to like take the actions that are presented to me and you know yeah. and keep jumping into situations where I'm uncomfortable like yeah. he, it's been a conscious path of wanting to grow yeah. and wanting to get uncomfortable and moving towards the things I'm afraid of moving towards yes. the things that make me uncomfortable it's like in, in I'm in a men's group called being mad I don't know if you've heard about it um but uh, one of the things we always say is like bring it on I love pain pain sets me free yeah And discomfort and all of those, like, you know, it's, uh, that's life, you know, like the, I believe that our fears are just guideposts for our growth, you know, like it's, uh, the, you know, that's the more you move towards those things. Every time you're uncomfortable, it's just, you know, if you go towards it, then you take those actions that make you uncomfortable. Then Mm -hmm. the next time you're not going to be as uncomfortable doing it. Right. You know, like in my ski life, it's like I started by jumping off little four foot cliffs and like doing a backflip off like a little tiny kicker on the side of a hill, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you do bigger cliffs and bigger cliffs and bigger backflips. And, you know, like then you're not, now I'm not scared at all to do a backflip off a jump because I've done like hundreds and thousands of them. Yeah, yeah, you build up and that's the same way with life and challenges that come in. Like you start with, if you try to like do something massive right out of the gate, you won't believe you can do it, so you'll probably fail. But right. you know, then you try something small, you big enough that's scary, but small enough you believe you can do it. And next time, mm-hmm. you just keep taking those steps and yeah. keep growing. And if you keep doing that, it's exponential. Totally, right? totally. Yeah, in my in my journey, it's about like Yogi Bhajan says, just be you. And I I experienced a lot of success uh, by almost embodying somebody else. I kind of became Lady Gaga for a few years. And it worked. Like, it really worked. I almost, like, channeled what she would say, and, like, Adam Lambert, what would they say if this record executive was like, oh, you're too theatrical, which is what happened to me. Mm. And I was like, and I kind of just, like, almost, like, downloaded what they would say, and then I got a record deal. Like, it was so easy, <laughs> like, to just be a channel. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, I want to be able to, to have that level of success just as well. I don't know if that's too much to ask, but that's what I'm cultivating now, and it feels good. And for me, that means spending more time in nature and totally. being around people and their gifts and, yeah. and having times of silence. Totally. So, yeah. That's why I do a lot of what I do, like a lot of the hiking and the cold, like the Wim Hof and cold mm. water plunges and all this stuff. It's mm. like 
both to push what I'm comfortable doing, but also to increase my connection with source. Mm-hmm. And like I believe there's my personal belief around it is there's like you know three main ways of kind of connecting. It's mm-hmm. like through nature, through others, and through yourself. Mm-hmm. So like through meditation and learning more about yourself, through others, eye gazing and like mm-hmm. sex and all these things where we connect mm-hmm. with other humans and then nature just spending time in the woods, spending time, you know, like forest bathing is a new thing yeah. that people are talking about now, Love but it's it, like yeah. people have been spending time in the woods for as long as we've been humans. humans. <laughs> <laughs> and since so do before you, that. Do you go polar dipping here? Totally. Yeah. Nice. Do you ever want to go? Yeah. I, Sweet. I, I go up to Lynn Valley have, sometimes. Totally. I used to live in Lynn Valley, like right oh, in, like I could well, I walk I from my post, house. You posted about that once. Yeah. yeah. I, I w- went cool. quite regularly when I lived there. I haven't been as much lately because I've been Life has mm. been insane the yeah. last couple of months with everything coming towards legalization. But now mm. that all that's like settled out and I landed on top of with all that, I'm definitely mm. going to bring that I'll practice bring that back. back up. It's, nice. it's taken me very far and it, you just feel amazing. Do you do cold it's, showers? Interestingly, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cold showers. Every so often I do, but I much prefer just going in a river and yeah, it's like it's experience. real and I take yeah. the time to do the breathing and I make a whole thing out of it versus like just right. turning the shower on cold for like a second it doesn't seem yeah, to yeah, yeah. give you the same thing in so. Kundalini Yoga there's that whole sort of lifestyle where you you get up early I mean ideally you get up you know at like 3.30 and then you start your practice at 4 and, I, and we had to do that at least 15 times for the training so I did that that was really early yeah. I did that on Sunday morning just because some of my friends were like let's do it so every once in a while I'll do that, but usually then you I can pass get out at like five. Six. I'm just like, yeah, I'm so tired. <laughs> so goddamn tired. But part of that is like you get up, you dry brush your body, and then you put on like coconut oil all okay. over your body to seal in the moisture. Then you get in the cold shower. And I, re- I really like it. It kind of really gets my, my day going. I mean, oh, the yeah. ideal thing would be to like do what you were doing and just jump in the lake in the morning. So mm. were you doing that in the wintertime? Not oh, not through, but I did go a few times in the winter. Wow. I've gone before where you have to like move the snow off of the Wow. <laughs> the, you know, it's a, it's intense. It's it's incredibly intense. In How long times. do you stay in for normally? Not very long at that just point. Like, yeah, it's like in. maybe a minute. But yeah. like you're like you just have crazy pins and needles like over oh, your entire you feel like imagine. electric. Huh. It's it's really intense. Cool. Um, but it's beautiful, you know, you're you're connecting with nature in a very raw way. And yeah you know, especially you're just like connecting with that. Yeah. Just the rawness of it. The mm, like primal. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, and it, it's, it's a cool energy to connect with, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, cause I think about, you know, way back before all this technology and houses and crap, like if, when we lived in little huts in the woods, it's like, if you wanted to bathe, you braved in a river. Right. Like we didn't have hot so water. Done. We did not have showers. <laughs> if you wanted to eat, you went in like foraged or killed something. Yeah. You know, like, and we've gone so, f- we've been so removed so far from, from that. that yeah. But it's like by spending more time in nature and hiking and like being fit and mm. like going in cold water regularly, you're like, you're conditioning your body to be more like we're meant to be. I yeah. Feel. Yeah. And then you feel better. Yeah. And you create that upward spiral. Totally. Yeah, I think drugs, drugs that are um, not, you know, plant medicines, I, I really feel like they're anti-life, but I feel like white powders are the devil now. I really do. And, and like, you know, it's just so anti-life and, and, you know, you feel good for a little bit, but it's just, it's so depleting. Yeah. And then you're less, you don't have the willpower to want to explore cold plunging or eating healthy and it's it can really for a quick suck fix. you in. Yeah, quick fix. So 
But what I've realized is like having been on both sides of the track is like you can create an upward spiral and you just have to kind of force yourself to have some good daily habits that keep you in your highest. And then you kind of get high on your own supply. Totally. <laughs> yeah, you just feel better all the time. Yeah. Um, then you have the wherewithal to try all these fun things. And yeah, so. And your life doesn't have to, like, a lot of those, especially addictions and things like that, when it mm-hmm. gets to that level, you're trying to mm-hmm. escape from something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put in the work and if you, like, learn to accept yourself and if you take the actions that you're uncomfortable doing and, like, build up your life, your life isn't something you need to escape from anymore. Exactly. Your life can be beautiful, your life can be heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, like that whole heaven hell thing is like, oh, I think that Christianity has that very wrong right. in that at some place you go afterwards, if you lived a good life, it's like, like right it's now. much more, yeah, it's right now. Yeah. It's your experience of life. If you're a good person and you do take, you do good work and take good actions and put a lot of love out into the world, then you're naturally going to get it back and your life will be heavenly because you know, mm-hmm. people will love you and everywhere you go, you see people, you know, they're so happy to see you. Mm-hmm. It's this joyous thing. You make lots of money and yeah. life is just easy it and flows. flows. If you're an asshole and you just spit on everyone and like mm-hmm. do nasty things and screw people over, then mm-hmm. everywhere you go, people are going to hate you. People are going to, mm-hmm. you know, you'll lose things and you'll like, things will fall apart and you'll become, you know, like you, when you see people that live on the street, like mm-hmm. they are in hell. Like, mm-hmm. that is a hell for them. Everyone that they... People don't even want to make eye contact with them. People don't mm-hmm. want to acknowledge them as a human. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that yeah. would be a hell. Mm-hmm. And it's it's much... And it's not permanent, but it's mm-hmm. very dependent on the actions and the There choices. is one guy on the downtown east side, um, and he, he seems very happy, and he's always got a smile on his face, and he's wearing this... He's First Nations man, and he's got this, like, cool top hat. He's... I feel like, you know, within that subculture, there are... There's glimmers of hope, but it is pretty bleak. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty sad. But you know, all that to just say, it's like you get to choose. Yes. You know, if if you want to have your life be heavenly, then just be willing to put in the work, be willing to mm-hmm. learn, be willing to get uncomfortable, be willing to like do whatever it takes to get there. Yes. You know, it's like it's not a it's not a quick fix like that. When my mind opened to that, that was probably ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. But it's just been like, and not that it's been a steady upwards since then either, but. It's been like ups and downs, but like kind of mm-hmm. trending upwards over the years and like yeah. building my self-confidence and building my belief in what I'm capable of achieving and yeah. just continuing to grow. So it's awesome. Very good. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Mm. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. It's good to run into you. Yeah. We ran into each other at the Green Mustache Cafe. Yesterday. I, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> I can't believe it was yesterday. It feels like a week ago. It was no, yesterday. Things just lined up. I happened mm. to have space today to do this. That's so. awesome. Yay. Well. well, your episode will be out next week. Cool. Yeah. Look forward to it. Namaste. Namaste to you. You're so brother. sweet. You've got great energy. Thank you for, for being you. Likewise. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for joining us this week on the Buy Urban Yogi podcast. Thank you to Mr. Dave Wheel for being on the show. Make sure to visit my website, willblunderfield.ca, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in your RRS feed or SoundCloud so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate you rating it on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you'd like the show and my music that was playing at the beginning and end, you might want to check out my full albums on iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere music is sold. Also Spotify, streaming, Google Play, etc. I'm available for private coaching and singing lessons, as well as private yoga. You can email me at willblunderfield at gmail.com. Have a beautiful week and see you next week. Satnam.
sun.